Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today, in honor of Metro Family's 25th anniversary, we have a very special podcast planned for you. I'm thrilled to welcome my colleagues, Sarah Taylor, Lindsay Cuomo, and Kirsten Holder, to take a look back at how Metro Family has shaped our community and each of us and our visions for the future. Welcome, everyone. Karen, having us. I'm glad you guys are here. Let's start with some quick introductions. How long you've been with Metro Family, your current role, and a little about your family. Sarah, do you want to start? Sure. I have been with Metro Family from the beginning, uh, so 25 years, and I've been married to my husband, John, for 40 years this year, and we have three grown children and three young grandchildren with on the way. Lindsay, you want to go next? Yeah, absolutely. I've been with Metro Family coming up on 10 years. Next year will be 10 years for me. Uh, I have absolutely loved my whole time here. I started working on the calendar and now I've kind of expanded my role to managing the website and helping out with um, like our newsletter and our print magazine as well. So I'm a first generation Okie, born and raised here. Met my husband while at OU, and he's a transplant from New York City, so he's kind of making a new home here as well. We have three boys, uh, two almost 15-year-olds, an 11-year-old. We live in Moore, and we kind of just keep busy with all their variety of interests, so. I love doing these because I actually did not know that about your husband, Lindsay. <laughs> we need to do introductions internally more often. <laughs> I've been with Metro Family for four years this summer. This job, um, as some of my colleagues know, became available at a very serendipitous time for me. My child was approaching his first birthday, and I was so thankful to um, come into this position to watch my peers and how they raise their kids, as well as being able to learn firsthand from parenting experts while on the job. It's just been so fun. So fast forward to now, my son um, is four and a half. My baby daughter just turned one and my husband and I thought it'd be a good idea to adopt a golden doodle as well. So we have a crazy house. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually a transplant as well. I originally grew up in the Detroit area in Michigan, um, lived here 15 years, met my husband in college like you, Lindsay. And so we're just so thankful to um, be living here in this great state and a great area at a fun time in our lives. I always love doing these with staff too, because I feel like I learn things about everyone and I learn all kinds of great parenting um, suggestions and, and advice. So um, I always feel like I want to be taking notes, but I won't. I'll watch it back and take notes. Um, I have been with Metro Family for about 10 years. I started as a freelance writer and then um, began in my current role as managing editor in 2019. My husband, Jordan, and I both grew up in Oklahoma City, and we have three kids who are almost 12, nine, and seven. So Sarah, take us back to those early days of Metro Family. Mm -hmm. How did the organization begin, and what was life like for you at the time, both personally and professionally? Good question. I, gosh, where to start? So I had always wanted to own my own business. And the first thing that I did to kind of start that process was I 
wrote a book, Exploring Oklahoma with Children. And that came at a time when I had three kids, the youngest being one, the oldest being eight. And it was pretty hectic. Um, I decided to write a book called Exploring Oklahoma with Children, which may sound familiar to people because that's still something we do today at Metro Family. But um, we started that and it was huge job. I, basically in 94, when my children, my youngest was one, I got the idea. And then we we I self-published and got that out in 95. And that might sound familiar because that was, it literally came out as the bombing happened. So it was a very, very strange time, but we did get that out. Um, we ended up selling lots and lots of copies of that book. And in that process, I started doing a column for a publication called Oklahoma Connections, which was a quarterly here. And so I was involved with that. That got bought by some owners from Tulsa. I they started consulting with them and they changed the name to Metro Family. And the first issue came out in February of 1998. And I have been, I had at the beginning was consulting with them about what Oklahoma City was like and how to publish here. And then also was for them. And so all of that continued until I, when my youngest got uh, old enough to be in school, I started selling for Metro Family just to kind of try that out. And in that process, I was being successful to the point where I was thinking, oh, if I'm going to buy this thing, maybe I should buy it now. So basically, that's how that happened. So the magazine had been going on two and a half years. I bought it in the end of 2000, and I've owned, owned it until two years ago this month. Uh, when I sold it, but it's I still continue as president and publisher. Not a lot has changed, although we do have a great partner in our new owner. And um, anyway, yeah, I've I, you know basically raised Metro Family at the same time I was raising my kids, and so a lot of the things that have that we talked about in uh, Metro Family and we still talk about in Metro Family have to do with some things that that I've had to deal with, for instance, and I know that kind of comes up with y'all too, but um, yeah, that's sort of as brief as I can get in terms of the history. Um, I have more to say about that, but I'll let y'all go because you guys have a neat perspective too. Thank you, Sarah. I think it's always fun to hear where Metro Family came from. And I'm sure the three of us can all like just just imagine what it would be like to own your own business with tiny kids. Um, so I, I think you're a shining example of motherhood and creating your own dreams too in the midst of all of that. Mm -hmm. One you. of the things that I have always been impressed with about Metro Family is that the vision has really remained steadfast over the last 25 years. And much, if not all of that, is due to Sarah's leadership. We have really remained true to providing the best in family fun and the best in parenting resources to our community. But I think next in line to that has been um, really intentionally listening to our community and evolving to meet the changing needs of parents in the metro. So what are some specific examples um, where you have each seen that kind of evolution at Metro Family? Sarah, will you kick oh. it off? Okay, I'll kick it off. Um, I know that we 
I always felt like I have that open communication with our readers. We, from the get-go, having things like our e-newsletter, which started in 2003, to contesting that we started doing, um, in that process of doing contesting and other ways of, of having that immediate digital feedback, you know, like how can we improve Metro family? How can we do better to serve your family? What do you like? What would you like to see? Um, all that communication was going on. And from that, we've actually made some pretty significant changes. And I think one of the ones that, um, Aaron, you might want to talk about is the time not too long. It was right actually before the pandemic started in the fall of 2019. Kirsten, you and Aaron, you were literally both involved in coming up with another way to do a focus group. We'd done focus groups way before y'all's time. I've, you know, do, we've done those things before, but this one was really unique. And uh, I think it really came up with some things that, that, really has helped us um, serve our readers better. So you guys might want that one up. But as always listening, I mean, we have come up with some great, um, you know, just by asking people, for instance, the question, what is your parenting issues you'd like to solve today? That gives us a lot of information. Um, one of which, like for instance, mental health issues and that kind of thing, where we've been able to focus on those things. Kirsten, you really spearheaded that focus group. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, that was um, that was a really great one. It was um, just a couple months after I came on board. And so I'm thinking like, wow, I learned about putting on focus groups in college. And <laughs> I worked through many organizations, ad agency, nonprofit, corporate, none of them did focus groups. <laughs> So I'm thinking like, this is, you know, great. This is a way that, you know, you learn in school that you're supposed to hear back from your audience. And then we're actually putting that into practice. And it's like I said, the first time that I'd worked for an organization that really cared about their customer, so to speak, feedback. Um, and so, yeah, we invited moms from all walks of life. We sat around a round table. Of course, it was just before the pandemic um, and just had you know, it was a casual focus group in my mind and um, very open conversations. I think it has to be when it's so personal like that, those parenting issues can really kind of hit close to home and you can see the emotion on people's faces and hear the emotion in their voice. And the person sitting next to them that didn't know them before they walked in the room has the same issue. So they kind of expand on that. It was very touching. Um, and, you know, it was affirming in a lot of ways that we were able to, um, say, okay, we're hitting the mark. This is what parents need. And then there were other ways that parenting is shifting all the time. Our communities are shifting all the time. The environment we put our kids in every single week, I almost feel like it's changing. And so for an organization to feel so strongly about meeting people where they're at and providing support and resources for where they're at. And as I was preparing for this interview, that is, I mean, it's the core of what we do. If you look under the about section on our website, there's a statement of beliefs and um, everything truly, I can say this, everything truly stems from these core beliefs. It's not just something that is written and put up there and never thought about again. Um, two of my favorite parts are 
everything we do at Metro Family Magazine is focused on strengthening local families. Mm -hmm. We believe that the family is the backbone of our society and that by developing strong families, we have a strong, resilient community. And I personally believe that could not be more true. And it's just so beautiful when you kind of see those beliefs in action throughout the organization, um, that they're not just something that somebody wrote up once upon a time ago and are never visited again. Um, but we really, I believe that we truly do serve all families, regardless of where they're at in their parenthood journey, regardless of their race, religion, metro location, socioeconomic group. Um, it's truly like the why of what we do. Um, we've made serving underserved families a hyper-focus in the past years, and uh, it was clear from that focus group and subsequent focus groups that readers have noticed. Um, when you raise up all families, you raise up your whole community, and it's just such a beautiful thing to be a part of. Absolutely. Lindsay, what about you? What kind of evolution have you seen at Metro Family? Some of the examples that stand out to me um, is incorporating more voices in our blogs. You know, Kirsten mentioned of, you know, a targeted intention of uplifting underrepresented families. But one of the things I think is so beautiful about that is just all the different voices and journeys that you get to see. I love that. It used to just be us giving great advice, which is always wonderful, <laughs> but I have loved receiving that advice um, as I read through these blogs and prepare them for our readers. Um, so that's probably been one that has really stood out to me in our evolution, continuing to bring families into what we do is really important. And I thought that was a great example. I also, this podcast here um, is a great example of our shift in evolution. We're still true to our core about bringing family fun and great resources, but you know, the pandemic came and we found a new way to reach you guys and you've loved it. So we've kept it going. So I, I love how we respond um, even in the challenges, but we're really true to that core mission in every piece, you know, sharing the fun and the positive and real solutions. That's important to me. It's, you can get bogged down with bad news, but I like when I have um, steps to make it better. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think for me, um, being able to hear and see more voices, families that represent our full community has been really incredible to see. And um, again, Lindsay, like you said, it's great when, when we are able to share somebody's story, but I think it's even better when we're able to give expert parents uh, a platform and they get to share their story directly with our audience. Um, and we've seen that people really enjoy that and respond to it. Um, some other things that I thought about were uh, when the teacher walkout happened in 2018. Is that right? Um, that we were able to put together a really robust resource list for families, everything from childcare to food resources, so that families could in turn support teachers in um, getting increased pay and per student funding and all the things that teachers deserve. Um, and then that really set us up to be able to respond to the pandemic, um, to know kind of how to reach out to our audience to find out what they needed. And the number one thing I feel like people said and that they continue to tell us is they want more mental health related content. And so we have really made that a priority. Um, it's really, I think it's a really beautiful thing when we are able 
like you all have said, to ask parents, what do you need? And then be able to turn around and provide that to them. That's probably my favorite part of what we get to do every day. So along the same lines about evolution, how have you seen parenting change over the course of each of you working for family? Sarah, you've been here for the full 25 years. Lindsay's been here for 10, Kirsten for four. Um, and I know that you've each seen some major changes in parenting. What would you say is the biggest thing you've noticed, the biggest change in parenting styles over the years? Well, I, you know, I was a millennial or a mom of millennials. Um, so, and some of you guys are millennials or you, all three of you probably are. Um, there was a, I think a real, uh, to our detriment as moms at that time, I think we were probably, uh, pushing our kids too much in terms of getting them involved in every little thing and, you know, scheduling them up in every section of life and, you know, not giving them a little bit more space and time. And, you know, it's kind of okay for kids to be bored sometimes. And, you know, that's sort of, um, that's kind of a good thing for their mental health <laughs> to be able to, to, think okay so what do I get to do next what can I explore next on the on their own um so I I think the push thing was sort of a problem that we were trying to talk about in our parenting issues there in the beginning uh, and sort of that helicopter parenting situation where maybe you're trying to do too much for them that kind of thing. So there was a lot going on there. I think now there, uh, luckily, I think the parenting has shifted a little bit more towards and a lot more towards tr helping parents understand uh, where those emotions in kids are coming from and how kids can handle their emotions. Um, being really good listeners uh, to your kids. Um, hopefully, I, this has always been my philosophy, but um Hopefully we're kind of seeing parenting also, uh, parenting styles it used to be, you know, you, maybe you want your kid to be doing something that, that you weren't good at, or that you, you know, they should follow in your footsteps. And I've always felt like you've got to follow the kid's lead. And so I think there's a little bit more of that going on as well. Of course, we've already talked a little bit about mental health and I think that's hugely uh, important. And I think, um, there's a lot more shift to taking care of those issues early. I think there were, I, I actually saw, have very real examples of people around me, moms and, and dads who just totally pushed under the rug that their kid might have depression or anxiety issues or whatever. And also have firsthand experience of people taking care of those things right away. And that makes such a difference and so that has always been one of the things behind me wanting us to do more in mental health um too so don't know if that totally answers your question but those are the things I've observed through the years yeah definitely those are great examples Lindsay what about you one of the things that I have kind of noticed and I I don't know if it's for me being a first you know once upon a time, a first time mom, and then now having more kids along the way, um, you know, I feel like there's more openness to different parenting styles and more acceptance of those differences. When I was a first time mom, I really wanted, I kind of put myself in a box 
and wanted to do it all the right way. Well, that kind of doesn't exist. <laughs> so moving along through my journey and seeing it through other people, understanding that I needed to find what was right for my kids. And then that's okay. Um, that it doesn't look like maybe this parenting book said to do, or this one advises something different, you know, blending those styles and finding what's right for my kids. I feel like at least in my parenting journey, that is what has evolved. And I feel like I see that in others as well. I am also going to uh, second Sarah's, um, mental health focus, you know, as a kid that was not talked about at all. Um, and not necessarily just as ignoring it, just was thought to be an adult problem, I guess, in my mind. Um, now as a parent, looking back, I'm seeing all the things that I probably experienced and just, just kind of uh, pushed through them when there could have been other resources available. So I'm excited that we're addressing the mind, just like we address all milestones for kids. So those are some of the two areas that I think are, um, have helped me in my parenting journey the most. Lindsay, when you said that, it reminded me too, because I think you'd agree with this, that it's, you might have a parenting style with one child within your home <laughs> yeah. and a slightly different one for another one. Cause yeah. it, you know, every kid is so different. Mm -hmm. um, your relationship with that kid is, you know, somewhat different and what they react to is different. And anyway, so when you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, and that sometimes within the same home, you have different things come up like that. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed getting giving myself that permission <laughs> to do what is right for mine. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Kirsten, what about you? What change have you noticed in parenting styles, even just over four years? Yeah, well, I can relate to what Lindsay is saying about, I feel like moms in general are more accepting rather than judging. Because um, I had gotten a lot of comments when my first was just a baby, like, oh, I couldn't raise a parent, I couldn't raise a baby in this day and age, because everyone's just so opinionated and judgy. And I, I never felt that. I felt like a very you know, accepting community, even if it was different than the way that they chose to go about things. And, and then I've also observed, um, and, you know, got to do these awesome interviews with this organization. Um, I got to interview um, Mr. Chaz, Chaz Lewis, um, from, he's most famous from TikTok, although he's been all around, but give him a follow. Um, and he talks about how sometimes gentle parenting gets ragged on, but I just love the conversations and the focus on validating feelings and working through them better. And I think you, um, Lindsay and Sarah had both kind of alluded to that from a mental health perspective. Um, but that mindset is not the way I was parented. That's certainly not the way my parents were parented. Um, kind of almost having to reparent the child inside of you <laughs> before you can bring that forward to your kids. Um, but I really believe that showing kids emotions are not good or bad, not labeling them that way, but rather putting boundaries around the outcome of those emotions make better adults that can make decisions about their lives um, that's true to who they are, um, that make them more resilient, make them have better coping skills. Um, those are things I've had to teach myself in order to um, be a better parent and show up better for my kids. And I hope that serves them in the long run. Um, I didn't learn those things until I was like well into my thirties. But again, I just, I think I'm a better friend, a better partner, hopefully a better employee to you all. Um, and certainly a better parent for doing work in that area. But it's, um, it's harder that way because <laughs> you're just always in your head about it. But I think in the long run, it's better. 
I think um, that shift toward gentle parenting has been really apparent, especially as we've weathered a pandemic together Um, and kind of a broader situation where parents are more vocal in saying, I don't want to parent my kids in this way that I was parented, but I don't know what, I don't know how to parent any differently. So I think I love that we get so many questions from parents and comments that, you know, I want to be able to talk to my kid about mental health or teach them about emotional regulation, but I have no idea where to start. Um, Or even just having hard conversations with kids, which we try to produce a lot of great content on from other experts in the community, from talking to kids about racism, talking to kids about sex, all the hard stuff (laughs) that we know parents are saying, I know I want to do this. I just don't know how. So that's always really exciting and refreshing to me when we see those kinds of comments from parents um, asking us for that great content. And I always learn a lot when I'm producing it. Take a lot of notes myself, for sure. Mm-hmm. What Kirsten, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what is something that's really stuck with you from an interview, an article, or a podcast, whether it's one that you produced or that a colleague produced, that has really impacted the way you parent? Yeah, I, um, like I mentioned, uh, love learning from Chaz Lewis from TikTok. Um, Honestly, another one that has really stuck with me was, um, and hopefully will be released very soon, so keep your eyes and ears peeled, but um, I interviewed Vicki Jay, who is the CEO for the National Alliance for Children's Grief. Um, Unfortunately, uh, we have had some big losses in our family um, that I was very unprepared for both of them. I don't think anyone is very prepared to lose, you know, members of their family, but, um, without her guidance, I think I would have been just throwing up my hands for how to talk about loss and grief with my four-year-old who had big questions. And I was, I did not think we were there in our, in our conversation spectrum. (laughs) So it turns out, um, Honesty is key. My biggest takeaway from my talk with Vicki was to call it what it is. He had cancer so badly that the doctors couldn't cure him, and so he passed away. Um, She warned against saying he was sick or that he died in his sleep, um, both of which were true and are easier responses. Um, But if you tell a child that 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 was what happened, they can become terrified every time someone them someone and their life is sick or they get sick or worse, uh, they're afraid of falling asleep or you falling asleep. So, uh, you know, big wows around both of those. Um, and that is just something that I think will stick with me for the rest of my life, honestly. Um, second, um, I was able to interview Philip Keith Armstrong, who's the interim executive director of the Greenwood Rising Museum in Tulsa. Um, we've run that episode a few times just because it's been so powerful and so well received. And it's so important to talk to your kids about our true history, to have these hard conversations. I mentioned kind of parenting, reparenting yourself <laughs> in these instances. And I, I do feel like both of these examples, I'm having to re-educate myself before 
where I can really show up as the parent I want to be for my kids. Um, but just growing in understanding and compassion for our neighbors and not letting history repeat itself has just been, um, you know, so important to us. So, um, yeah, definitely look out for both of those podcast interviews. Those are great examples. Sarah, what about you? You have written a lot of articles and done a lot of interviews, met a lot of people over the years. What has impacted you? Well, Kirsten, you brought up some really good points. Um, and those all impacted me as well. So totally can relate to that. I think just in general, I think the fact that and, and again, Kirsten, you kind of alluded to this, that we've talked about the diversity that we have in our communities, how not how we should go forward with a renewed sense of what is our real history regarding those diversity issues and how can we go forward in a more healthy, healthier situation, not just for us as parents and how we think about things and how we portray that to our children, but also hopefully that rubs off on the community that we're in, the, the people around us. So that has been um, something that is just, I mean, it's always there for me, but it's become more of a to the fore thing, to right to the front, you know, and I think that's been really impactful for me. Lindsay, what about you? Sure. A, a recent podcast that Erin did um, about why parents sh uh, should teach their kids to strive for bees, mm. um, for bee pluses was a really great one for me. Um, you know, it was, it was something that I, that I'm, I want to be great. Who doesn't want to be great, you know, but at what cost? Um, so I, th and it was so freeing when she said, there was a point that she said, if it's not, not that it's, if it's meant to be, but just, if this is something you really want, this is a goal you really want to achieve, there's lots of ways to get it. So mm -hmm. don't get hung up on, and don't sacrifice yourself um, for perfection when you're, it's going to work out. And I think that was a really key message for me. I have kids going into high school and we're making all these huge decisions that we are not ready for <laughs> at all. Who is when you're 14? Um, but that was kind of a freeing moment for me. And I hope that I'm sharing that with my kids that it is all going to work out no matter what path you choose now. And it, and it'll be okay. <laughs> so that was a really important one. And even a more recent one was practicing peaceful parenting. The expert in that um, podcast, she pretty much said it's all on you parents, which was terrifying. <laughs> and also was wonderful too, because I was like, yeah, I do have control of this situation. <laughs> like it, what I do matters. And that kind of, that felt really good when I thought about it, because I mean, kids are kids, you know, they're always, they're learning too. But when I was like, okay, this is on me. Well, that made me actually feel a little better. So <laughs> hopefully those are some moments that um, I'm going to use going on, going forward um, as we get into these later years. Lindsay, I would say both of those interviews were pretty life-changing for mm -hmm. me too. And um, a friend of mine was listening to the peaceful parenting one. Um, and I thought, I need to go back and listen to that again. I need to get some more peace in my life. Um, mm -hmm. Truly, I feel like every interview I do, I learn something. Um, probably one of the most inspiring interviews I have done was with Ruth Rolf, who uh, was a student of Clara Looper, went to DC, met 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, has been a civil rights advocate in Oklahoma City all her life. And just, just the opportunity to talk to her and hear her stories will stick with me forever. Um, I was thinking about Andre and Danielle Dowdy, whose advice about parenting kids and their educations during the pandemic, like <laughs> they had some mantras that I would just find myself repeating to myself as I was doing virtual school for the umpteenth <laughs> day and having to basically go back through third grade again. Um, they were just like so much of what they said just really grounded me and helped me to not get so in the weeds about how stressful all of that was and just kind of love my kids through it. Um, I've done some really meaningful series on foster care and immigration where I think I just learned so much. And it, those series both really taught me that you can't judge a book by its cover that there are a lot of things going on for a lot of families that I didn't understand. So I think that made me a much more empathetic community member um, and just really helped me see things a little bit differently. So I'm really grateful for both of those experiences for sure. Um, another that really sticks out for me is when we got uh, just a blog submitted from Dr. Tamika Rogers, who we've done a lot of work with since um, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd about what it felt like to be a black mother raising three black sons. Um, her willingness to share her emotions and her experiences has will forever impact me. I'm so grateful that I get to call her a friend now that we have done, um, we've done podcasts. She's written articles for us. I feel like everything that comes out of her mouth or out of her keyboard, um, I just learned so much from, and I'm grateful to have people like her um, contributing to Metro family that I have the opportunity to learn from. And I love to just that we have a team of people that is constantly learning that, you know, we, and that comes, I think, again, from Sarah's leadership, that we aren't going to get things right all the time. We're not perfect parents. We're not perfect at our jobs, but we are always willing to come with an attitude of curiosity and to try to do things better than we did the day before without being perfect. And you guys do remind me of that a lot, <laughs> which I appreciate. Let's talk about some memorable moments. We've shared some, but are there any specific instances where you have been able to see how Metro Family directly made a positive impact on a local family, business, or organization? Sarah, I'm sure you have a lot of these. Yeah, I would say one of the things that we hear a lot, all of us have heard and seen and and, you know, maybe the listeners to this have kind of can relate to the fact that I find, you know, uh, the typical statement of I find so many fun things to do mm -hmm. in, you know, through Metro family, through the calendar, through their lists, through the whatever. Um, all of those are impactful because I think having fun as a family is a, is a critical thing. It's a critical part of bonding as a family and to try to help help the family go through those harder times because obviously there's going to be a lot of hard times I mean that's just life right so um to be able to uh provide that opportunity also a lot of times we hear well I couldn't afford anything but you all provided me free things 
to do, you know, and a list of things to do. Um, so hearing that just makes me kind of go down the road and think, okay, so we really are helping families have fun together, bond together, have, you know, uh, the ability to maybe have a little bit more resilience in those relationships going forward. Uh, another really powerful thing was um, we did do the two foster care series um, over the over a few years time. And during that, I got a message from uh, happened to be a pediatrician out of, um, I think, El Reno, who said, because of your series about foster care, we are now starting to foster children. Mm. So, you know, that was just one example of something that was very directly involving the um, hopefully betterment of kids in hard situations in our community. So that was one that really stuck with me and has stuck with me for a long time. Great example. Lindsay, what about you? Yeah, I love hearing how we support parents where they are. You know, I remember as a young mom, I um, had twins. So I was suddenly a stay-at-home mom and we went from two incomes to one. And so I remember picking up my Metro family for the first time sitting in my in the library and seeing all the things I could do. And then I hear that same response um, from parents over and over again. You know, one mom recently shared about how the magazine was there for her when she was a single mom and she wanted to do things with her kids and we gave her a way to connect. So I really love hearing that because like that is, I, I can still remember picking up the old newspaper print that we had <laughs> way back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> yes. I, I can still see myself looking forward to that magazine every month and picking it up. And I know that we hear it over and over again, that that's what parents are doing. It was a friend to me. Um, a mo motherhood can be kind of lonely sometimes and isolating. Um, so, and I know that that's what moms are feeling, dads are feeling when they pick up our publication because they tell us that all the time. Um, grandparents too, you know, we're always offering fun and resources at any level. And I love when we hear how we've been a piece of how families can have fun and make memories together or learn and grow together. So, and we hear that often. Those are, those are the moments that keep all of this worthwhile. <laughs> Definitely. Pearson, what about you? My answer was going to be almost mirrored what you both <laughs> said, but um, I hear so many comments about how, you know, no matter what family's budgets are for that weekend, we're highlighting ways for them to connect with their kids, which is just such a good, you know, why behind we do. Um, I heard from another family about how um, this particular mother actively tries to seek role models um, for her kids. Her family is from India, and she struggles to find examples to point out to her daughter, specifically in, you know, popular media or culture, um, until she found, found out about Metro Family. She shared with me how powerful and impactful it was to show, particularly her daughter, but both of her kids, that people look like them just in the pages of our magazine. <laughs> and they now look forward to each issue. She mentions that they read it together, um, that her daughter will even like circle things to talk about with her. And I was, you know, her, her daughter is young. That's huge. It's to have that connection point is just so, so great. I would say to piggyback on what you shared, Kirsten, I think um, when parents who, especially who've had kids on our cover, go out of their way to say, you don't understand how meaningful it is to have 
to be able to see kids who look like mine in your pages, families who look like mine, um, whatever that may be to be able to look to your Instagram or somebody on your podcast or the magazine as a whole and say, there are families that look just like mine here. Um, and I think that kind of, um, comments from parents has pushed us to constantly be looking to see how can we really represent all families that call Oklahoma city home? Um, who are we leaving out and, and who do we need to make a concerted effort to show in what we do? Um, because it takes all of us. And I think that's so important, um, not just for kids, but for parents to be able to see a family that looks like theirs in everything that we do. So we're gonna take a minute to pat each other on the back. Um, I want you to each tell me an instance, a project or a character trait that makes you really proud of one or several of your colleagues. Sarah, we're going to put you on the spot first. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I can honestly say that through the years, I've worked with wonderful people through the years. So thank you. If, if any of you that have worked for Metro Family in the past is listening, thank you, because, you know, we are piggybacking on a history here, you know, on a heritage. And so thank you to the previous uh, employees that I've had before, but also I'm so grateful for the team we have, and you kind of heard a lot of the sentiments today about how passionate, how strongly we feel about helping parents, local parents, be better, um, do better, uh, have the resources they need, have the fun ideas that they need. So being specific, though, um, oh my gosh, where do I start? Lindsay has been here the longest of our little group here, besides me, and Lindsay is just such a careful person to make sure that those details are right in the, in the listings, on the calendar, on the, she's so conscientious and just, um, you know, always seeking for the better things to put in the calendar and all the things. And so I, I just appreciate that so much. And that's not just been lately, it's been like for almost 10 years now. <laughs> so I've appreciated Lindsay from the get-go and what a, what a thrill it's been to see all that happen. Um, Aaron, you and I started working on those uh, series way back when you were first writing for us and uh, we knew each other even before then. And it's just been a, a delightful thing to get to know Aaron better through these last few years and uh, just again seeing the passion I, I know that you've made Metro family like 10 times better than ever so all the direction that you've done in terms of the diversity and the editorial direction and the you know just um conscientiousness and then you know the willingness to start a podcast and the <laughs> willingness to find other ways you know how can we better things you know do better um same thing it could happen with Kirsten I mean Kirsten's no matter what project you take on Kirsten I just know it's in great hands it's going to get done it's going to get finished and it's going to be done a lot better than I could ever do it so that just gives me such um joy and peace to know that anything we give you is going to be done so well and so, you know, just thoroughly. And so that has been such a blessing um, to bring out a few more people on our staff that aren't on this podcast. Dana Price has been with us the longest of anybody but me. Um, and we are just so grateful for her sales direction and sales 
uh, abilities and um, the customer service she provides to our advertisers, because we haven't really talked about that, but that's in publishing or media, you always have your readers, which we've mostly talked about today, but we also have our, our advertisers. We couldn't do this without the support of our advertisers and our you know, community like that. But Dana has just been wonderful. She's been with us since 2008, which just seems amazing to me. Um, let's see, Emily uh, Bainbridge is uh, relatively new to the staff and she has taken on a bunch of editorial projects that have made us be able to, you know, keep moving forward and, and be more efficient. And she's done a marvelous job. I love what she's doing to help Erin with the social media and the different things. Um, Stacy Noakes, she has been with us for about 10 years now, I think. I, I don't have an exact year, but she is so talented as our graphic artist and she continues to evolve and stretch and grow and I'm just thrilled with the direction of, you know, her making our magazine and various things related to the magazine just come to life and just really tell a story through the design even. Um, Casey Shoup, what can we say about Casey? She's the event extraordinaire. She is the event wizard, whatever you want to call it. But our events have just taken off like crazy. And thank goodness we're past the whole um you know, pandemic situation, but um, Casey has, she just handles every detail and makes it a really fun event for not only our attendees, but our vendors and does such a great job. Uh, Morgan Harris is very new to our team. And what I love about Morgan is she is such a strategic thinker, project manager, and she is really helping us be more efficient. And um, that makes our lives easier. It's kind of a hard transition getting there, but we're getting there. And um, behind the scenes, we are getting to be a very well-oiled machine, which needs to happen because we we are so diverse in the way that we do our, um, that we have as far as our products go for our advertisers. It used to be, talk about change. Back in the day, we had print ads. That's what we sold. <laughs> Do you want a quarter page, an eighth page, a full page? Now it's, a, I don't know, we have at least 200 products, not just print ads. So that has made things um, more fun and more challenging and a little bit more complicated, but we're reining that in with some efficiencies. So uh, I hope I haven't forgotten somebody. But anyway, those are, the, I pat all of y'all on the back because working with you all is a complete joy. Ditto to everything Sarah said. <laughs> Lindsay, is there anything you want to add? Oh, we are a small but mighty team and we're all led by Sarah's forward thinking. I mean, she has started us off early with all of the pieces that she talked about adding. You know, I walked into this website that was like so incredible. And when we compare it to like uh, similar organizations in other markets, just the foundation that she has set for us, um, it is far beyond um, what they have even in bigger markets. So her forward thinking, I think, um, and just her dedication to local families and just kind of being that guiding light for us, to me, that is why we're able to be what we are. So that that's, to me, a standout um, piece is that forward thinking and that drive to always be the best that we can, um, not striving for perfection, but just doing all that we can. That's it. Thanks, Lindsay. That's so sweet. So true. <laughs>
Kirsten, what about you? It is so true. I, I just completely echo the sentiments that we said. I've never worked in an organization like this, and I've not made it a secret that this job has changed my life for the better. Um, and most of that is because of the way we're run, Sarah, the forward thinking that Lindsay mentioned, um, but also just what incredible people you are. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the professional attributes, um, but I'm just inspired daily by the wonderful moms that I work with. I've not worked with like, you know, moms that are just, they made, the moms on our team have made their career out of making other moms better. <laughs> and I get to work with them and they're passionate about improving family life and it's just contagious. I mean, Lindsay, you are so patient and kind and always offer the I've been there response when it is literally most needed. Um, Aaron, you have always lent a listening ear, that empathy and advice that is so needed. And Sarah, you know what a tumultuous past year it has been so much loss so much change and you throughout the whole thing have been gracious and caring and it is just such a blessing in my life every day to know all of you and then also get to work with you too <laughs> ditto to all of that too <laughs> i think um again Sarah, the way that you lead our team you're such a visionary and it's I mean, part of that as a parent, and we've been here for 25 years, what companies, especially small businesses are able to survive, um, through a pandemic, no less. <laughs> and I really believe that it, that is because you have had a vision that you've stuck to through everything. And you lead with that attitude of, there's always more to learn. You're always bringing in great ideas from what other organizations like ours are doing. You're always paying attention to what's going on in the world around us. And you're always open to new ideas. Whenever we have a staff member that says, I think we should start a podcast in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> and Sarah's like, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so your, your ability to motivate and inspire our team to do what you've hired them to do and what you know they do well, I think um, is so unique. Um, and I think the other thing that is worth mentioning is that you're always encouraging us in our own family lives too, mm -hmm. that, you know, this is a career, but our family should come first. You have a sick kid, you need to go be with your sick kid. Uh, and I'm not sure that I have ever worked in an environment where I know without a doubt that my family gets to come first. So I appreciate that. And I'm going to get emotional about it. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, Lindsay, I want to, I want to say yeah. about you that I, anytime I'm out in the community, people are like, I love your calendar. I love your list. And I'm like, that is Lindsay. That is Lindsay. That puts all of that together with the help and support of Emily and it is mind boggling to me what you're able to put together for families. And that's the draw. That's what gets people excited about Metro family. You serve hundreds of thousands of people um, and you do it so well. The other thing you do really well is how patient you are 
Um, you are the calm to my chaos. Um, I tend to get a little bit spicy about things and Lindsay is really good at being like, should we consider this from another perspective? Yes, Lindsay, we always should. So Lindsay, I, whenever Lindsay speaks, I'm ready to listen. Kirsten, you have brought a level of strategy, I think, to our team that at a, at a time when we really needed it, and you have been so good at seeking out the advice and expertise of people and communities that, that we were not connected to, that we needed to do a better job of representing, and um, you've just done that. You've done that, and you continue to do that so well. You have made the whole organization better at mm -hmm. serving more families. Um, I will add that Emily has been such an incredible asset to our editorial team, the support that she gives to Lindsay and me and the whole team, whoever needs it. She got us on TikTok, which this amazing could not have <laughs> figured out. Um, it's just been beautiful to see how every edition of our staff members has helped us rise to the next level. Um, and Dana, I will say Kirsten and I both bought advertising through Dana. She was our sales reps when we worked for um, different museums and man, the care and intention that she gives to everyone she works with um, is just unmatched. She does an incredible job for our team. All right, guys, let's talk about the future. What <laughs> What's your vision for how Metro Family continues to serve and support families over the next 25 years? Sarah? Where are we headed? Uh, that so depends on where society goes, where families go, what the situations are there. But I know for a fact, what I do know is that we will be always open to new ideas, new parenting information that needs to get out there, new thoughts, new uh experts, more, you know, inspiration, more whatever. Um, and I know that, you know, just like, for instance, the example of the podcast and moving the, into that medium, TikTok, another medium, you know, we will always be looking for the best way to serve our, our people, our families. And so whatever that looks like, it's so hard to predict these days with all that's changing and doing and and ways of, you know, the world changing. So I, I, I don't know that I have anything more to say than, than we are on top of it. We are always looking and to invite any listener here or any of our readers at any time to reach out to us at tips at metrofamilymagazine.com because we want to hear from you. And Sarah reads every single email that comes <laughs> in. And Absolutely. I know we I'll feel comforted that we're in very good hands as we move into the future. So guys, as we close out the conversation today, um, unfortunately, we're often privy to a lot of not so great news about our city and state. But even in the midst of some of that, what is making you proud of our community right now? And why do you choose to raise your families here? Sarah, what's making you proud right now? I have just been amazed. I mean, uh, looking back at the history of <clears throat> when we first moved here in 1989, my husband and I, we had one child and one on the way. And, we, you know, so we basically raised all three of our kids in the area. 
Um, but the differences uh, between then and now are that we all have so much more in the way of things to do around here um, and all of the attractions, uh, maps one, two, three, and four have just transformed our community. Um, it, you know, so those kinds of things, but I think more than anything, it's the people. I think there's a lot of like-minded people out there that really care about family and are salt of the earth and and they, you know, they they really want to see their own family do well, but also the whole community. So to be in a community that thinks like that and not just always backstabbing or biting at each other, or fighting each other about things that, you know, so I see a community that um, on the positive side really has as the overall vision of one of let's move forward and let's move forward together kind of attitude. So, Lindsay, what about you? We've gone through some uncertain times recently, <laughs> and it can kind of shake you a little bit um, as to, you know, what direction is the right direction and all of that. But um, I've been reminded of my, uh, you know, all of the, all of our generations, we've had these, these defining moments, these times in which you definitely are not going to forget, but we just keep going. And I think it's the resil resiliency and the kindness of the Oklahoma spirit that I just keep kind of grounding myself around. Um, you know, we, our vision is to stay the course. The magic is in that we just keep loving Oklahoma families and supporting them. And, you know, that is why I call this home. You know, we just keep being resilient because you could look back and it's done over and over again. So I know if they can do it and they can overcome, we can make it better too. Kirsten, what about you? Well, not being raised here, um, I feel like I've got a perspective of, you know, I moved here right before the thunder came <laughs> to Oklahoma City. So I've just seen every year I've lived here, like growth and change and movement and unity. And um, just, you know, year after year, it's just been so fun to watch the city grow up. And I'm just so proud every time I bring, you know, my out of town family or friends here and they're they leave saying, wow, there is so much to do. I wrote off, you know, this part of the country and I shouldn't have, I want to come back. Um, I've heard even bloggers that we've contracted that are travel bloggers say, we want to live here. We don't want to live in Austin. Maybe, <laughs> But that is, I mean, it's so, it makes me so proud to hear people say that because it's better to live here than it is there. So um, local businesses thrive here. Um, they definitely add a fun and funky flavor to our city, which I just love so much. We're so lucky to have, um, like Sarah mentioned, the developments that have come along with the map projects like the Myriad Gardens, Scissortail Park. Um, again, it's just so many awesome restaurants and museums and everyone is so friendly. Lindsay, like you mentioned, it's it's a really well-rounded, just beautiful, big, small town to live in. It just feels really like that. It's It's lovely. I would say when I start feeling really down or frustrated or angry about some of the things going on at statewide level or city level, um, school districts level, um, I just have to bring myself back to some of the incredible people that I've had the chance to interview or meet through Metro Family who are constantly advocating for the people and the communities that are underrepresented. Um, 
that helps me stay grounded. That reminds me that there are um, people who are working hard to make Oklahoma City even better than it is. And and we, we've got some better that we can be. <laughs> we've Absolutely. got some places that we can move yeah. to get better. Um, but I feel like the the advice that I always am reminded of is, you know, when you get in that place where you're frustrated to take a break and to rest and then come back and figure out where is my voice needed? Who do I need to be supporting? How can I make a positive change? And so for me, I feel like um, there's positive change that that can be made. And I hope that I'm raising my kids to look for those solutions in those situations too. So I just come really come back to Metro family and come back to all the great people that, that we get to work with um, who inspire me every day. And Erin, if I could piggyback on that, Oklahoma City and its surrounding Metro is not so big that change can't be made quickly. And that's something I really appreciate. Passionate parents, you know, organizations, um, just getting involved on a small level makes a big footprint here. And you can't say that for a lot of big cities. Um, so if you are passionate about change, get get it going because it that is a snowball that will just get, you know, rolled down that hill, more parents will jump on board. And it's just been beautiful to watch in our communities, how quickly things can change and how quickly communities can be built around that change. Absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with me, reminiscing and looking toward our bright future. I um, am so grateful for each of you and the ways that you have made me a better journalist and you've made me a better mom. Thank you all so much. (laughs) Same, 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 (laughs) for sure. Cheers to the next 25 years. We'll do, (laughs) we'll do a podcast again or whatever the medium is by that point in time in 25 years. See you guys back here. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.